is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Have you ever felt like your position isn't exactly an impressive one? Maybe your title at work or role at home or even within your family has left you feeling less than, less than chosen, less than worthy, less than capable, less than seen, or even less than qualified for a more important role. If so, I have just the story for you today. This happens to be one of my favorites because Well, of course, because God shows us once again how He loves to use the most unexpected people to do His greatest works. This is the story of Nehemiah. But before we get there, I would love to give you a quick little Bible history. Many of us are familiar with the great exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt. It's the story of Moses, the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, the Ten Commandments, and so much more. Even if you aren't familiar with the Bible, you've likely even seen the cinematic version on TV around Easter. However, did you know that there was a second great Exodus story in the Bible? I delved into studying this last year and was amazed that I had rarely heard mention of this era of the Bible. Hold tight and I'll drop in a bit of context and then pull a few passages to shape the scene for you. It really is a fascinating time. Here's my wonderful Cliff Notes version to get us up to speed. Israel had fallen into rebellion once again. For years, God sent prophets to warn the people and declare God's wrath if they didn't repent and turn from their unrighteousness. They refused to listen. Eventually, God promised the total destruction of Israel, scattering the people and turning them into exiles of other lands. But God also promises that once his wrath has been assuaged, he will bring back a remnant to rebuild Jerusalem. Just as God promised, Jerusalem was destroyed, and the people were carried off to serve as exiles under the king of Babylon. This is, in fact, where we get the book of Daniel, along with the stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were all captives taken from the land of Israel. And this kind of brings us where we're going in Scripture today. After 70 years in captivity, to fulfill prophecy, God moves King Cyrus's heart, the Babylonian king at the time, to release back the remnant of Jerusalem. All who felt the call to go back to their homeland were permitted to do so. Not only that, but he sent orders out to all the land that they should send supplies and materials and anything else they might need for their journey. Along with the first group to go back was a priest from the tribe of Levi named Ezra. He goes back with the mission of building back the temple so the Jewish people can resume their traditional rituals and worship. Now, Ezra's story is full of fascinating detail, but today I'm going to highlight another main character of interest. This man's name was Nehemiah. Roughly 13 years after Ezra left Babylon to begin rebuilding the temple, a man named Hananiah arrives in the city of Susa, which is part of Babylon, with other men who had been in Judah. That's Israel. Nehemiah began questioning these men about what they had seen. He asked about Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. And so, it is here that I'll pick up reading in Nehemiah 1. They said to me, 
Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant of unfailing love with those who love and obey His commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. Just taking a quick second to tell you guys about Crew. It goes without saying that the Bible has changed my life. My life is what it is because of what I've learned in the Bible. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible, that you couldn't hop on Amazon and get one sent to your house or even afford one. Take it a step further and imagine that you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget that there are people, so many people around the world who simply can't get a Bible. That's why we're thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21 as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. Simply text BIBLES, spelled B-I-B-L-E-S, to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text BIBLES to 71326. That's B-I-B-L-E-S to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash unexpected. Message and data rates may apply. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the twelfth year of King Xerxes' reign, who is now the king of Babylon, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence, so the king asked me, Why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, Long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors were buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, Well, how can I help you? With the prayer to God of heaven, I replied, If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. 
The king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, If it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the provinces of the west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need to make beams for the gates, for the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests, because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, sent me along with army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God put on my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burn gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So, though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered at the Great Valley Gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone in the administration. But now I said to them, You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me, and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scuffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, The God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Now, not that I enjoy leaving you on a cliffhanger, but there are 11 more chapters in this book about Nehemiah and his journey to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He encounters every kind of attack the enemy could throw his way. However, The hand of God was on him. And when God commissions you to do something and you say yes in obedience, you better believe it's going to get done. Nehemiah was a servant. He was a cupbearer to the king. Literally, his job was to taste the wine in the king's cup to make sure it wasn't poisoned. And if it was poisoned, he would be the one that died rather than the king. I'm just here to tell you, if you're feeling like your position is disposable, Just imagine how Nehemiah must have felt. His very life was disposable to the king he served. But God loves to choose the very least of these to bring about the greatest glory for his name. Jerusalem was in shambles, and this burdened Nehemiah to the point of praying. He asked God to grant him success by making the king favorable to him. I almost want to chuckle reading what Nehemiah asked because even as he spoke it, 
I don't know if he realized that God would answer him in such a bold way. I genuinely think it surprised even himself that he was courageous enough to ask the king to leave his job for years to go rebuild the ruins of his ancestors. Not only that, but he asked the king to give him security for his passage and materials for the task. But that is exactly how God works. When we come into agreement with God and His will to be done, He paves the way. He answers exceedingly and abundantly above the things we ask. God took a servant, a king's cupbearer, and turned him into a leader. He became a builder and an unstoppable force in rebuilding the walls of his homeland. Even in the face of adversity, he succeeded, just as God will help you succeed. When you are in his will, asking for his help, doing something he has burdened your heart to do, it's the greatest recipe for God to work in unexpected ways. All those centuries ago, I doubt Nehemiah, the humble servant, ever dreamed that he would be leading a mission to build back the walls and fulfill prophecy. So today, I hope you'll be encouraged. I hope you'll hear this message and remember how God could use you too. Pray bold prayers. Ask God to use you and work through you. You may just be surprised at the courage that bubbles up in unexpected places to launch you into something you could never have imagined for yourself. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.